Welcome to the KRS Molecular Minute Podcast. I'm your host, Chadi Nabhan. I'm the chairman of the Precision Oncology Alliance, the largest collaborative research network with many academic institutions participating in. By at the time of this recording, we have 50 institutions across the alliance collaborating on precision oncology research and on biomarker research. The hope always of the Precision Oncology Alliance that this research, this output is going to translate into improving the outcomes of patients with cancer. Thank you for tuning in to the to this podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Igor Astsaturov. I hope I did not slaughter his last name. He did forgive me. I, he will forgive me when I did this because I really tried. I practiced, I rehearsed, I did everything I can to make sure I pronounce his last name properly. And of course, as usual, I probably failed. But I've invited Igor to this podcast to talk about the molecular tumor board. I think we've, we've all heard about the concept of molecular tumor board. And my goal of this podcast is to try to simplify that concept and to explain to you listeners, when we say molecular tumor board, what do we actually mean by that? Now, as you know, at Keras, we have the Keras Molecular Tumor Board. We'll talk about that a little bit, but we're also going to talk about other molecular tumor boards that occur locally at various academic institutions and various academic sites. Essentially, you know, the idea, we're all trained into having these uh, tumor boards based on specialty. So you all know about the thoracic tumor board, the breast cancer tumor board, and so on and so on. But molecular tumor boards appear to be different. And my goal of this podcast is to ask Igor questions that hopefully the answers of these questions are going to be simplifying what we mean when we talk about molecular tumor board. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate podcast, and write a brief review. And without further ado, the molecular tumor board on Keras Molecular Minute podcast. Well, it is really a pleasure of mine to host Dr. Igor Astrasov. Of course, I slaughtered your last name, and you're going to correct me, which is okay. I'm well known as a host of the Keras Molecular Minute podcast that I slaughter many last names, but I, I always stand corrected. We are going to talk about the uh, Molecular Tumor Board. I'm very excited about today's podcast because there's a lot, there are a lot of questions I have for you, Igor. But before we, before we get started, after you correct how I should have said your last name properly, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up uh, where you are right now. Uh, so my name is uh, Igor Astaturov, which is <laughs> the right way to say it. Um, uh, uh, I'm a medical oncologist. Uh, I uh, work as a co-director of uh, Pancreatic Cancer Institute at Fox Chase Cancer Center in Philadelphia. Um, my uh, daily sort of life revolves between uh, cancer genetics, uh, mouse models, uh, signaling pathways, metabolism, and actually seeing patients who have all these uh, problems and processes, uh, you know, vividly present in their daily lives. Um, uh, so I manage both the laboratory and, and my own uh, clinic uh, patient volumes. Um, and, and if you, if you um, kind of happen to run both the laboratory and the clinical uh, work, um, you quickly realize that, you know, cancer uh, as a, a biological problem is um, uh, um, uh, inseparable from the clinical care and vice versa. 
uh, essentially, uh, uh, George Sledge, when he was an ASCO president, I think it was back in 2011 or 2012, uh, he essentially predicted that our field will become clinical cancer biology. Um, and, and this is what uh, I think I, I, I try to learn for myself and for my patients. Um, uh, so without understanding the um, mechanistic component of cancer, you really cannot take care of patients in the modern day and age. Um, uh, so that's how I got involved with uh, Keras Molecular Tumor Board and got interested in really um, trying to uh, get my head, my, my head around the, the vast knowledge that is generated by uh, sequencing and discovery of these molecular markers, mutations, gene expression, um, and, and, and how we can uh, use it to, to the advantage of patient care. I'm always fascinated when I meet someone like yourself who's able to balance between lab and clinical care. Hats off to you, uh, Igor. It's really, um, it's really, it's very difficult, but. Uh, it, it is difficult, but it's fun. Well, <laughs> so that gets you hooked absolutely. up. Absolutely. So, so the, the reason I asked you to come as my guest on this podcast is I want to clarify to listeners what do we mean by molecular tumor board and what it is and, and so on? When I was at the University of Chicago, as before I left, we were just about to start our molecular tumor board and, and, and so on. So can you simplify to listeners, when we say molecular tumor board, what exactly are we talking about? I think we're really um, talking about reviewing the um, uh, genomic um, information and trying to make sense uh, um, uh, in, in the context of, uh, you know, standards of clinical care of, of those patients, uh, trying to understand whether we can find uh, vulnerabilities in, um, in cancers uh, that, um, you know, would not be otherwise uh, apparent without these uh, in-depth analyses um, uh, of genetic alterations, signaling pathways, gene signatures, um, expression of biomarkers. Um, so so, so it, it is a sort of a, a forum where we can throw in, you know, any kind of crazy ideas like, look, this cancer has been published in the mouse model. And in this mouse model, we found that X, Y, and Z. Is this true in this patient's case, uh, which may be somewhat reminiscent of preclinical work? Or is this uh, something that we observe in other cancer types? Um, and, and, and essentially, um, it, it's sort of an exercise uh, in, in uh, out-of-box thinking where, you know, we really have to come up with uh, inventive, like... Various um, ideas or something. Ideas that are not obvious. You know, the, the, the ideas that are not in the guidelines. Uh, you know, patients who face um, metastatic or incurable malignancies oftentimes seek for um, alternative uh, like options for clinical trials. And I remember um, there was a very uh, a nice review published in JCO, but the, the efficacy of treatments in phase one program. And, and I was stricken by the fact that um, uh, if you just um, randomly pick up your clinical trial opportunity um, uh, by toss of a coin, and we have menu at, at Fox Chase and probably many other academic cancer center from several uh, dozens to hundred plus, uh, in all these clinical trials, how do you decide which one, which one experimental therapy you you, you will choose for, for the patient? 
Um, uh, so if, if you just do it randomly, the chance of success is less than 5%. However, if you apply some basic rationale um, in terms of the cancer mechanism, the, the probability of benefit rises uh, over 20%. And, and we've seen uh, successes in our practice and in, in our real life uh, patients um, uh, where the, these uh, uh, opportunities were instrumental to prolong their lives or uh, resulted in uh, really dramatic improvements. So, so I think uh, th this rationale that we can apply mechanistic knowledge to pick the right experimental therapy um, or uh, right of label therapy if the drug is already approved um, uh, I think that that's the uh, sort of the nature of this exercise. Now, Igor, you know, we're, we're traditionally used, for example, when we do thoracic tumor board, you get radiation oncologists with interest in thoracic, you get a surgical oncologist, thoracic surgeon, medical oncologist, breast tumor board, the same, gynae tumor board, the same, with a specific specialty in that disease area, whether it's breast, gynae, GU, and so on. In molecular tumor boards, who are the people around the table? Well, we, uh, we actually try to be as diverse as possible. Um, and and uh, uh, currently, uh, uh, with the Keras Molecular Tumor Board, we um, were fortunate enough to recruit a number of um, really experts in their respective fields, uh, oncologists and, and uh, pathologists, physician scientists who specialize in um, narrow areas like breast cancer or um, uh, GYN uh, or uh, genitourinary uh, system tumors, a pathologist who understands not only the diagnosis but also the um, uh, genetics, uh, molecular genetics of the tumors. So um, opinion of these uh, individuals um, um, oftentimes instrumental uh, to really kind of uh, come up with uh, uh, solutions or answers or some hypotheses that could be tested experimentally, uh, that is in the context of clinical trials, and, and also put it in the, uh, on the backdrop of what is uh, the standard of care. Uh, uh, you know, for instance, uh, uh, does this patient need uh, a consultation with a surgeon or does this patient uh, need uh, uh, to, to try something that has not been tried but is a uh, pretty much routine for this tumor type. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we really have to balance um, uh, uh, um, an, an experimental re uh, therapy recommendation against um, uh, what is the safest and most likely uh, uh, most efficacious therapy that is already available. Uh, so having the diverse expertise uh, in my colleagues is, is really important because, you know, the, the oncology moves so fast the field is in general that um, uh, probably not a very good breast oncologist. Um, uh, uh, so we need uh, uh, inputs from diverse range of specialties in order to render a meaningful opinion or recommendation. How about the molecular tumor boards at the academic site? So if you take the Keras molecular tumor board away, out, and there are institutions across the country who they have their own molecular tumor board can you elaborate how that works for the molecular tumor boards that occur at the local academic sites and, and who's around the table there and how they are executed? Right. So uh, I think that, that's a very good question, Shadi, because um, uh, we try to model on the best experience um, that there is uh, available and uh, 
Um, I participated in a number of tumor boards, um, at, um, not only at my institution, but also at um, nearby hospitals and practices. Um, um, so I think the general theme uh, of these tumor boards is that uh, it's a multidisciplinary, so you include surgeons, uh, medical oncologists, radiation oncologists, uh, geneticists uh, who would um, uh, oftentimes find uh, that certain mutations can be um, a germline and they bring the families and um, actually that alters oftentimes the treatment plan for the patient itself, himself, uh, the patient uh, as well. Uh, we we um, uh, tend to um, uh, encourage, uh, I mean, obviously pathologists are a big part of that uh, uh, team of people because um, um, not only you, you need to explain what you see under the microscope, but all, you know how this specimen represents um, different tumor populations, and that translates to frequencies of certain mutations within the, the, the uh, gene reads that are analyzed. The best model that uh, I, I think uh, should we, we should adhere to is multidisciplinary, uh, which includes uh, uh, pathology, clinicians, geneticists. Um, uh, we oftentimes, like in my institution, we also uh, review uh, imaging, which helps to understand you know, if you recommend a, bi a new biopsy, like can you actually do it safely? What is the uh, best tumor that needs to be biopsied? Uh, what is the uh, uh, metastatic uh, progressive, you know, what, what, where the tumor is progressing? Uh, oftentimes if you follow um, a patient with metastatic cancer, um, the progression is not universal. There are maybe some, uh, especially in the case of targeted therapy resistance, acquired resistance, there will be single nodule uh, like in the lung or in the liver that all of a sudden is growing, the other ones are not. And, uh, you know, you need to have an input from radiology to say, you know, is this something that we can biopsy? Or should we call in a surgeon to get the, an excisional biopsy or, you know, core biopsy through laparoscopy? So these are the kind of questions that come up almost inevitably in every meaningful discussion. Um, and, um, you know, the, 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 these inputs from various colleagues are essential. Have you, like, are there any data out there, Igor, where, um, like, in my mind, I always think if there is an intervention that we are doing, which is here is the molecular tumor board, are we able to tell by implementing molecular tumor boards and by expanding the molecular tumor boards um, and scaling it up? we have evidence that patients are doing better, living longer, getting different, like, are we able to, to assess, I guess, the value of uh, molecular tumor boards on a patient level, or is this too soon to evaluate? Um, I think it's, it's a challenging uh, undertaking because um, the systematic reviews or case series are still um, very few um, uh, that I'm aware of. And, um, I think the the generate the uh, the clinical evidence that yes, if you do that, um, uh, if you help hold these tumor boards, you actually improve patient care. Uh, I think we're still at, uh, at the learning stage of, of this process, um, where we basically learning the new specialty. We were not uh, trained, uh, which is clinical cancer biology. Uh, I think that this is. I mean, you you really. Um, uh, um, I touched upon a very uh, uh, important subject because I think we should systematically analyze what's going on um, in the community where 
you know, at Kiaris, for instance. I mean, the, the, the expertise might be different in the community. I, I guess, what, 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 well, let me, I'm trying to think, like, which cases do, do they get reviewed in a molecular tumor board? Let's say there's a lung cancer patient who probably standard therapy right now in advanced stage disease to undergo molecular profiling would that patient be presented at the thoracic tumor board first? And then they say, you know what, why don't you put that on the molecular tumor board to get the evaluation of the, like, you know, the, the different kind of intellectual expertise, or does it, how, how do we triage a, a case that needs to be presented to the specialty tumor board versus the molecular tumor board, which in my mind is more broad? I see. Uh, well, I think it's, it's some, point uh, these different tumor boards become somewhat redundant um, and, and it's essentially not necessary. I mean, I, I don't really think it's so, so necessary to um, discuss molecular genetics or biomarker findings uh, at the molecular tumor board per se. Um, it depends on um, the volumes and the patterns at each individual cancer center or institution. We internally here uh, at my cancer center, we discuss molecular findings uh, routinely uh, when we review um, gastrointestinal cancers. Um, and and, I, and I pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure that my colleagues in thoracic oncology uh, do just the same um, uh, because they will, we all, they, you know, most of them are highly experienced uh, in uh, under interpreting and understanding molecular findings. If a particular group needs to bring it to the room um, a geneticist and a pathologist at the same time, um, uh, and it's, normally, it's, it's only available on a limited basis, then uh, it's better to be done than uh, as a dedicated molecular tumor board. So I don't think there is a, a, a particular recipe that everyone should follow, uh, but um, uh, uh, in my opinion, uh, multidisciplinary uh, nature of this discussion is essential, and however you call it, specialty uh, organ site specific tumor board or molecular tumor board really doesn't matter as long as we have all the heads in the way in one place in one yeah. room i guess my last question to you igor is is what um what are the shortcomings that you would like them to be overcome for molecular tumor boards and and where do you see the molecular tumor boards evolving into the future um uh, where the opportunities are I think uh, this is what you're really um, uh, absolutely looking through <laughs> very clearly, uh, and you brought this up already. This is the uh, feedback. What is the actual outcome of these recommendations? Uh, oftentimes, there, you know, we throw them in, uh, in this, I go, okay, so here you go. You we have like some gene X amplification, and go find a, an inhibitor for this gene, but we have no, no idea if it actually worked for the patient. Um, it, it may make mechanistic sense, um, uh, but it's uh, a projection uh, and having uh, uh, a confirmation that this actually did work for that patient is, is, is really of paramount importance. I think that, that's the key issue here, um, and we want to do it properly. We should keep track of who we recommended what and what, uh, what is the actual outcome, because once uh, this data is collected, it will be really important to, to measure the value uh, of these recommendations. Um, and, and it will be a strong reinforcement, reinforcement for the whole idea of having this tumor board. Um, so I think that, that, that is something that I really would like to see as a next step 
in, in this uh, endeavor. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it would be great to actually study it comprehensively. And also, it's just important. Then you go back and you tell patients, look, we, you know, when we had 100 patients like yourself, uh, by following these recommendations, we did have an impact and, and so on. Anything else, Igor? I should have asked you about the molecular tumor board that I forgot to ask you that might just highlight the concept, highlight the process to listeners who are not familiar with it. Uh, uh, no, I think you um, you really uh, touched upon the most important uh, areas, and uh, thank you for, <laughs> for inviting me for this conversation. It was fun. Thank you very much, my friend, and I hope uh, to get to see you soon. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I appreciate you tuning in to the Keras Molecular Minute podcast. I appreciate the time that uh, my guest gave us uh, of his busy schedule to talk to us about the Keras Molecular Minute podcast. I need to talk to him more often because I'm trying to learn a different language. And Igor, obviously, is going to help me learn it faster. Please let us know how we are doing with this podcast. You can send uh, me uh, a direct email to cnabhan at krsls.com. You can also send me a direct message on Twitter at Shadi Nabhan. That's at C-H-A-D-I-N-A-B-H-A-N. Thank you for your support. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the Keras Molecular Minute podcast. Until next time, take care.